Well, how fun to be on the uh, conference room floor of the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I get to meet so many wonderful people that God's put passions on their hearts. And so we have Neil and Mary Catherine Mommen. Mommen that's with us. And so, Neil, I'll let you tell our listeners about Black Every Black Life Matter. Every Black Life Matter. We want to we want to make sure we get the every. Yeah, okay. every in there is very important. Yeah. So basically, uh, we started this in August of last year. My wife was noticing a number of Christian families that we knew were going out to protest with BLM, holding uh, with their kids, holding up the BLM flags and all that. And so she she turned to me and she said, you know, somebody needs to do something about it because these folks aren't leftists. They're not Marxists. They're not pro-choicers. They're not witchcraft <laughs> followers, right? Yet BLM is all that, right? BLM is a bunch of Marxists and self-proclaimed for that matter. And they're against families, they're against uh, fatherhood and all that. So she turned to me and she said, you know, somebody's got to do an alternative. So I called up uh, my friend Kevin McGarry, who's the president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation in California. And that's a na nationwide group. And I said, Kevin, you guys in the Frederick Douglass need to do something about this. So he called the national office and uh, they got back and said, look, Kevin, we're really busy right now. You and Neil should start something. <laughs> That's what's usual, yeah, so, Pastor. <laughs> so, so God usually does turn these things back on us. I know. Yeah, just... And I, I turned to Kevin. I said, Kevin, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm not black. He said, yes, but neither are most BLM protesters. And he said, but certainly you are African. In fact, he said, you're more African than I am because while Kevin's African-American, I was actually born in Africa. I grew up in Africa and lived my most of my youth in Africa. So I'm African by culture. Uh, Indian by ethnicity and American by choice, as I like to say, you know, <laughs> or by the grace of God. <laughs> so, um, so we decided that we wanted to start something in the same lane as BLM, uh, very similar names, very similar concepts, so people would easily identify where we were, what lane we were playing in. But the difference was we are pro-life. So we have a, a number of principles. So one is uh, true justice or real justice from womb to tomb. Uh, educational choice, fatherhood, um, criminal justice reform, which we need, nonviolence, right? So, um, an active father, you know, so we've got a whole bunch of premises that are diametrically opposed to uh, BLM. And so, the way we engage with people is we talked about, and, and the idea is let's bring those BLMers who are not hardcore Marxists, who are not into it, into, uh, so they're not Antifa, they're not out there burning down buildings, because everything that BLM stands for is actually the cause of the problems of black flight. Now, we agree that every life matters, but the question is, why are we focused on black lives? Well, here's because the black lives have been targeted specifically by two specific groups. And we can go back to the uh, 1900s, back in 1930, uh, at the height of Jim Crow laws, uh, blacks had a literacy rate of 70%, and they had high employment, and they were doing well financially, even though they were surrounded by racists in their own community were and their uh, fatherlessness was only 18%. You fast forward to the 70s with LBJ and a certain party that you know they belong to. They target the black family, and they say, we're going to make sure they vote for us for the next 200 years. And he uses the N-word in that. And he says, we're going to hand, give them handouts. So the first thing they do is they go after them. And every demo, any poor demographic you're after, but mainly blacks. Uh, and they say, we're going to uh, give you more money if there's no father in the home. So welfare laws are designed, even today, that if there's no father in the home, you get more money. So as a result, you get 73% fatherlessness in the African-American community. And as a result of that, I compare that to the 18%. As a result of that, you end up with gangs, as men are look, young boys are looking for fatherhood figures, 
They're looking for belonging. They're looking for relationship. So you get gangs, violence, drugs. Uh, and the young women now are sexually promiscuous because they're looking for their father figure again. They're looking for male approval. And so you get all this stuff, and you get a 18% literacy rate in the African-American community students, 18%. So what have, what have we done? We've destroyed, we've targeted and destroyed the African-American family, right? And as a result of that, schools are rotten, right? Because you've got their gangs and violence in the schools. Turns out that, and so when we engage with uh, BLMers, we say, let me ask you this. Do you really care about black lives? And they say, yes. Well, I know um, police brutality is bad. But did you know that 73% of African-Americans are born in fatherless homes? And this is an easy problem to fix. We just need to change the welfare law. You know, uh, and we could actually stop this from happening. Um, and we won't get fatherlessness and all that stuff. And they go, so I said, do you, those fatherless black kids, do you care about those black lives? Of course, they're going to say yes. And then I said, did you know that 68% of African-American parents would like a voucher to send their kids to a public school? I mean, to a private school or to any other school. Um, and yet the unions and certain parties won't let that happen. Do those school children black lives matter? And of course, they're going to say yes. And then I said, did you know that there would be 50% 50 more African-Americans today, except they were all killed in a race genocide? Because there are 44 million African-Americans, there would be 64 million. 20 million African-Americans were killed by Planned Parenthood abortion. And that's the second group that's targeted African-Americans. Planned Parenthood has put 79% of their abortion plans within walking distance of black communities. And they only constitute 13% of the population. Why? Because they get federal funding and money. For every baby black baby they kill, I said, do those black lives, baby black lives matter? And most people say, yeah. I said, well, in that case, you know, you really are on our side. Yeah, police brutality is bad, but that's a tiny percent, maybe 10, 10 maybe less. Right. But we're talking about millions of people playing jokes to bad policies. Do you really care about black lives? Then every black life matters should matter to you. You need to be on our side. And a lot of them then say, yeah, you know, you're right. So... We're lucky enough to have your daughter, Mary Catherine, here, right? Thank you, yeah. So you get a chance to hear your dad talk about this a lot, mm -hmm. have that right? And yes. you've been with him here at the NRB. And so from your young life, you know, what do you see here as, as a main issue that you think in your in your culture? In my generation or culture? Yes, both. Um, oh, wow, I'd have to think on that one. I think one of the biggest lies and this infiltrates as well with the black community is you can always trust the government and it's funny because I see these kids are like oh you know they just they kind of are just like you know I'm not really into politics but the moment you start grilling them on some questions you realize that they have seen the government as something that will always be there to protect them and the truth is there are bad people in government and bad policies passed that will ruin your life and this is like I said, this this relates to everyone, but especially the black community has fallen into this. Well, you can see from the destruction of... So I think that's one of the biggest issues, I would say, is one, um, one trust, always trust the government, that's what they believe. And the other one is feelings matter more than the facts. And the problem with that is you can find the nicest, sweetest little slogan ever. But if it's false, it means nothing. So you have to realize that just because it's mean and hard and hurts your feelings, if it's true, you have to do something about it. So that, I think, are some of the biggest issues I find with my generation and the culture. And I'm sure there are even people from other generations that have fallen under these lies. So 
Well, you can hear Mary Catherine's gotten the gift of passion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and conviction from uh, what she understands, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, that really gives me hope because what we're talking about here is just cultural issues, right? So, you know, how do we take these on? What What is the strategy for every Black Life Matters? Well, one of them is you go to our website, which is www.everyblm.com, everyblm.com. And we're obviously looking for funding. We're looking for prayer. We're looking for people to spread the word. We're people willing for people to engage with other BLMers or just anybody. A lot there's a there's this uh, also the issue of critical race theory is coming up in schools. We want parents to understand what critical race theory is. We're having a conference on the 10th of July. You can go to our website and stream it. But basically, we want people to be prepared because here's the deal: critical race theory is basically the idea that all white people are racist which is not only sheer nonsense, but it's unbiblical. Because the Bible clearly says that uh, there should be, should not be dividing uh, male from female, uh, uh, Jew from Gentile, you know, and, and Christ has paid the atonement for us all. But critical race theory is something that we as parents can do. It doesn't matter if you have kids in homeschool like we do, or you have, if you're an empty nest or you're single, you can get on that school board. So we're not saying go to the school board and talk about it. We're saying run for school board. Take over your school board because you know what? They're going to be brainwashing the next generation of kids, not only with just critical race theory, but everything else about sexuality that's anti-biblical. So we're urging people, get involved. Uh, go to our website. We'll kind of tell you how to get these things done. But you really want to get involved because you can't be passive anymore. You can't trust the government. You have to be the government. You can't trust the government to do it for you. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful thing, Mary Catherine. Really, <laughs> that for people to, like, wow, just... Not unlike Neil. <laughs> you know, God says, okay, you feel so strongly about this, you do something. You know, I, Amen. this may sound totally off subject, but it's exactly on subject in my mind that, that I do the Jesus labor love, which is car repair labor for single moms and widows and yep. crisis across the country. And I'd been promised by this major corporation that they would help get batteries for any single mom that needed one. And they'd let me down several times. And then finally I had this person that needed a battery. They needed car repair, specifically body repair, in Fort Worth. Now, I'm in North Carolina. so this. You know, <laughs> and, and so I called this company that is located in Fort Worth and said I need a battery. for. And they took two weeks, and this was two weeks oh, before Christmas, to tell me no, that they weren't going to wow. give her a battery. And it was completely legitimate what was going on. And I just got angry, started yelling at God, like, how can this be? How can this person that considers himself, you know, and makes this big deal out of being, how could this be? And God says to me, seriously, Robbie, you care so much about this woman? Why don't you fix it? <laughs> right? I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I picked up the phone book. I looked for the first body shop I could find that was close to where she was based on Google. And I called him. And I got this woman on the phone, and I, I said, listen, um, I'm with a ministry called Jesus Labor Love. Can I talk to the, you know, whoever do the car repair? Sh sh I heard her yell back, Bill, there's some weirdo on the phone. <laughs> and so Bill gets on the phone, hello? And I told him, you know, this is Robbie Dillmore with Jesus Labor Love. I've got this single mom. And he goes, you mean to tell me you talk about Jesus Christ on the radio? <laughs> and I said, well, yes, sir. I didn't know what I was going to get. He goes, well, I'll tell you one thing, sonny. 
you can't outgive God. You just tell me what you need, and it's, it's handled. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and I said, well, is this a lot? Her car's got the fender bent over on it. He goes, I'll have her fixed. She'll be driving that car before Christmas. Wow. And Great he Lord. did. And I'll never, ever forget it as long as I live. Like God saying, well, you care so much about this, Robbie. Why don't you do something? And so you're listening right now, and you've been frustrated by every Black Lives Matter. No, you're frustrated because you know what, what you just heard from Neil. I know most folks I know are not unfamiliar with these topics, not unfamiliar with the way that black Americans have been targeted in so many different ways, and actually for centuries. Yeah. Right? Because slavery was designed to break up families and, and, and it was meant to create bondage, which is what slavery comes from, fatherlessness. It's been something that's been going on for a long time. Yep. And so God really is counting on all of us. And I love what Mary Catherine said, you know, like, wow, the government's not going to do this for you. It's time for everybody to, to pick up the phone or or go to every Black Lives Matter, right? Yep. And see how you can get involved. I bet if you start praying, God might just tap you on the shoulder. But nonetheless, if that's what God has for you, then you're probably listening to us right now. So thank you, Neil. Thank you, Mary Catherine. What thank a you. wonderful, delightful um, opportunity to share what God's doing here at the NRB. Thank you very much. Thank you.